At the end of your life, what will be your legacy? What will you leave behind for future generations? For the world, join the world messenger, Isabella Lundberg, each week as she brings you a new distinguished guest from the business, sports, or entertainment world to share their success, their struggles, and their lessons. They will share their insights into current hot topics that affect everyone. Isabella facilitates an intimate, vulnerable environment to find the true value of humanity and real leadership. Are you ready for your legacy? The legacy that matters? Hello, hello, my friends. It's Isabella Lombikir, the world messenger, and I'm inviting you for another epic episode of Legacy Leader Show. And I have a big surprise for you today. Someone that I am blown away, cannot wait to ask questions about his phenomenal background. He is, of course, the version of Top Gun with the Navy, actually, that created amazing trajectory in his career. And with that mindset, not only served so many decades um, on the fighting jets, right? And fighting major, major boats and whatnot, and being involved um, defending our country, but also able to transition and create success and replicate that success in corporate world, obviously civilian world, and assisting others to do the same through his new venture, which we call it adventure, don't we? Because of helping so many um, to find the path forward in times when it's very challenging to figure out how do you transition? He is the founder of Blue Water Advisors, which we cannot wait to learn more about that as well. But he also has such an interesting background of a lot of things that we're yet to discover. Are you guys ready? So without further ado, let's hear from Mike Wallace. Mike, how are you? Uh, I'm doing quite well. Thank you, Isabella. And thank you for the opportunity to speak with you and your audience here today. So very excited uh, to have a great discussion with you. I'm super thrilled, first of all, you found the time, given your background, given how busy you are, given also how much you achieved and accomplished. I'm sure you have a, as a naval flight officer, oh my goodness, who has been serving our country how many years? And then also operations for fighter, fighter jets and going through all the changes and working for NATO. I mean, you have one of the most fascinating backgrounds. Tell us a little bit, how did you even get there? How did you, where did you grow up and how did you decide that you have a courage muscle to do this? Yeah, right. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's maybe uh, a good question, right? And a fair ask. So, uh, you know, I'm from originally the West Coast, right? Grew up in a small town out in the state of Oregon. And, uh, you know, a very tiny town, Isabel. I would love to tell you it was a booming metropolis, but that's just not the case, right? Blinking yellow light in the middle of town when I grew up in a newspaper that came out once a week, you know, a few pages every Thursday or whatever it was. And, it was a great place to grow up and where you could, as a, as a kid, I think, push the edge of the envelope a little bit and get in trouble, but not really get in trouble if you kind of follow me, right? It was, it was just an exciting place uh, to spend your childhood. But, but I knew that uh, from an early age that, that I, I, I wanted more. I wanted more adventure. I wanted to see the world. I wanted to go places that I wanted to see things. And, and for me, um, you know, I was very excited to pursue uh, aviation, right? And, and with the Navy. And so, um, you know, here's something that most people don't really know about me. I was actually 
accepted to uh, to the Naval Academy, right, when I was leaving uh, high school. Uh, but then I, I'm also in receipt of a letter that came out a couple of weeks later saying, oh, we apologize, we actually over-selected this year. We're having to reevaluate everybody's package. So this is my introduction into tenacity, right? And then you receive another letter saying, oh, we're so sorry. And so you're just left to pick the pieces up. Uh, you, know, you thought you had achieved what you wanted, but you continue to pursue it. And so there's a follow-on college at uh, also in the state of Oregon, at Oregon State, and where I also continue to pursue the Navy, right, through various different means. And the final, you know, uh, path that really took me there was uh, was an individual that I met uh, on campus one day was espousing about a program called the Aviation Officer Candidate School, right? And this was going to be my path that was going to take me from, you know, small town Oregon uh, to, of all places, what we refer to as the cradle of naval aviation into Pensacola, Florida, where I was going to start my adventure. And really for the first four months of my life, I actually thought I was in the Marine Corps. You're led by and coached and mentored by uh, Marine Corps drill instructors in that program. It has long since, uh, you know, ceased to be in existence. But at that time, it was it was uh, quite an adventure and uh, lifelong memberships made down there with individuals that I still know today, right? And that was the beginning for me of, uh, of my life in service and flying in the Navy, so. Wow, what an amazing trajectory. And guys, you spot on mic for everybody watching and listening. Errors can be made, disappointments can sure, happen. Sure, sure. <laughs> but not giving up right how essential it is to never give up mike that is such a and i love your word tenacity because obviously to be so accomplished as you are you have to constantly persevere and buckle up and keep doing and um just because you don't have again trajectory to also work for nato and do specific um, missions unless you're the best of the best so speaking of that, why Navy? How did you knew from all the military divisions the Navy is the right for you? I'm just really curious about that. Well, I, you know, again, I think it's an individual decision that that everybody, you know, uh, as they look at their strengths and and desires and pursuits, right, in life. Uh, for me, you know, aviation was intriguing, just in and of itself. But Isabella, think to fly aircraft on and off ships, right? This was, uh, by my estimation, right? This was a high bar. You know, this was a, hey, you can take off and land on airports and, you know, 11,000 feet of runway in front of you, but how many people can do it with 150 feet of runway in front of you, right? And, and make it perfect every single time. And, and I think that high bar and demand for per perfection and, 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 and skill is what first attracted me to it. And that kind of drew me to this, right? Mm -hmm. uh, to this environment. And, you know, when you're young and you're enamored with an environment, you want to pursue it and, uh, and you do. And that's, that's really what drives you, right? Hmm. It seems like you really had a very good sense of, of yourself and what you want and what really 
what you're passionate about. And then a lot of people, fortunately, even decades later, still don't know the little unknown, you know, being in high school and being in college to be very clear of, of where you wanted to be headed and whatnot. So with that in mind, do you mind sharing a little bit about your experience? I mean, I have to ask because being to working with NATO and supporting initiatives there, it's, it's a very different, as they say, it's a completely different situation. Do you mind just giving a little bit from people that don't understand uh, what it takes to, to do that and to be the caliber of the individual like you were? Well, you know, I'll segue first into uh, naval aviation, right? And and when you fly in the Navy, and when you, um, and again, I was an, a naval flight officer, so I spent most of my career in the F-14 Tomcat before I transitioned into the Navy Super Hornet. So if you ask me which is my favorite Top Gun movie, I'm going to tell you the first one, right? Mostly because... <laughs> Because of the F-14, right? But uh, I certainly, the second Top Gun movie, I enjoyed the filming footage and technology had come a long way and really put the uh, viewer right in the cockpit in a lot of those scenes, so I love that. But in, in the environment in the Navy, our pilots, right? And uh, it's it's a very high bar and it, and it doesn't matter rank-wise. If you fly on and off aircraft carriers, your performance and landings are graded each and every single time for your entire career. Oh my goodness. And it is tracked and and it is it is monitored very, very closely. And you might have a junior individual grading your landing on the ship, and you might be a very senior person on the ship. But when it comes down for the debrief, doesn't matter. This is just facts. You did this right or you did this wrong. And if you did it wrong, right, there's going to be some discussion on what it is you need to do to correct that, right? And, and so again, a very, very high bar, very demanding. And the environment demands that of the individuals in, in the environment, right? I mean, it's just very unforgiving and rank has no place is what we, uh, we like to say, right? It has no place in that environment in that instance, right? So it, it, it becomes very, very drawing, if you will, and and it's, it's not, you, you, you don't arrive and just relax, right? I mean, every single day, every single time you approach the aircraft on and off the ship, right? I mean, it is that, that, that very on the edge, you have to bring your A game. Uh, and if not, it's going to be scrutinized, it will be judged, it will be graded, uh, and, and you'll hear about it, right? So it's a life where you have to live, uh, you know, that that uh, an answer to that demanding right uh, part of the environment every single day that you do it and it becomes drawing it just it just draws you in right it just keeps drawing you in mm, so it looks like you knew that you set in yourself for a commitment of every day of commitment of excellence and to be the best you can. And as they say, the old record from day before are yesterday records. Let's see what you're going to do today, which really brings a lot of pressure and in very different mindsets. So for everyone that are really want to excel and, and succeed in their life, I feel like this is such a huge lesson right here. What would you suggest, Mike, for them? Well, uh, and, and you captured it very well, right? It, it, it demands excellence. What you did yesterday just doesn't matter. I mean, uh, and, and, and largely where you end up in corporate America can be very much the same. Too, too often, I think people 
rest on their previous achievements, right? And, and companies now demand a lot, right? They're willing to compensate a lot, but you know, it, it is raising the bar continuously, right? Delivering results continuously. And, and if you have that mindset, and if you go in there with that, which Naval Aviators and our members of Blue Water, um, you know, they all embody that, right? They understand it. That's the life they have lived. And that's what makes them so valuable, valuable in that environment. Uh, they just need a little bit of mentoring and coaching to learn the language. But once they learn the language, they bring all of these transitional skill sets to play, which makes them so valuable. So for your listeners out there, right? I mean, um, be hard on yourself, right? Don't rest on your previous achievements. I mean, take time to reflect upon it round the edges, as we like to say, learn from it, improve upon it, but then get busy in delivering results and raising the bar as you go forward, right? That's, that will make you invaluable in any environment that you go to, not just naval aviation or any other service, but whatever corporate environment, whether that's government contracting, defense industry, corporate America, wherever you wanna go, having that mindset is what will make you invaluable. That is such a great advice and something for everybody watching and listening. It's a different when you are in one specific sector or industry that is so different from everything else being all-star the Top Gun. Uh, but what it's really interesting, you were able to translate that and to become Top Gun in corporate arena and now also creating amazing masterpiece of work that you're doing under Blue Water Advisors, which we'll get to it. I promise everyone watching. <laughs> but I really want to see like you were able to work also very effectively for top 10 fortune companies and, and then bring the A game there. So could you tell how did you mentally and emotionally transfer not only your skill set but your mindset and and then we're able to um make the magic happen because a lot of people just even switching the job or career path or even company are struggling and times of the, like this it's been very challenging for so many what would be your piece of advice yeah it's that's such a deep question isabel right and um for me right, when I was transitioning. And of all places for the listeners, I ended up at the um, executive headquarters, right, in uh, South Lake Union working for Amazon in Seattle, right? And uh, wonderful experience, wonderful people there. But I will tell you, um, for those that are making big transitions like this, and, and, um, and, and we feel comfortable, and I call it the fenced yard. I feel comfortable in the world that I came from. I feel comfortable speaking the same language. And, and for many you know, individuals like myself who have spent 20, 25, 30 years in service, we gravitate towards government contracting or defense industry. And, and often we are managing programs of weapon systems or aircraft that we've spent our life in, right? And it's, it's I don't wanna say, and I don't want for the listeners, I don't want anybody to think that that's absolutely easy and, 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 and um, you know, not, doesn't come without hard work to do that well, it absolutely does, um, but, but I still call it in the fence yard. There's a comfort zone there, right? I've been doing this. I would, I would absolutely encourage you and our listeners, right, for uh, those individuals that are taking this big step, step out of your comfort zone, challenge yourself, right? Because 
recognize that the skill sets that, and this is what I spend time talking to our members, Isabella, the skill sets that we bring are so sought after in so many different environments. And I don't want individuals to limit themselves uh, just because it's a little uncomfortable. Now, the right mindset, yeah, you need, to, you need to take a step forward, step out of your comfort zone. There is some humility, uh, especially you can imagine being a senior leader in the Navy for 30 years, and I step into my first meeting at Amazon, well, I'm not Jeff Bezos, right? I'm not running this meeting. I'm not, you know, in charge and, and in control of everything. But it's okay to take a, a bit of humility, right? And step in and a wonderful, magical thing happens at that point. You begin to learn a new language. You begin to learn, um, you know, uh, uh, new methods to raise the bar and deliver results, right? You're exposed to this entire new world. And if I'm completely honest with you and our listeners, uh, the majority of people that you will interface with aren't interested in your in your past accomplishments. You could have spent your years, you know, years and life in service doing wonderful things in Bosnia or Iraq or Afghanistan or being aware America's away team and, and, and continuing to take the fight to the bad man in various different places around the globe. They're not interested in that. Until, until Isabella, until you begin to develop your team, deliver results in their environment, mm -hmm. then mm -hmm. a wonderful thing happens. People will approach you and they'll go, Mike, we've never really seen it done like that before. Tell me again, what did you do before you got here? That's, that's where, that's where the interest begins to come, right? It doesn't happen on day one, but you yeah. have to live through that. You have to deliver the results, but in their environment, right? As you go forward. And so I share a lot of that insight with our members and with our listeners here today. Don't let any of that sway you from following your dreams out there. Step out of your comfort zone, right? Understand what your strengths are. Pursue what it is you really want to pursue. And for me, I just wanted to see, I spent my life in service, does my skill set really translate to corporate America or to contracting or to consulting? Does it, does it work? Well, it does. Yes. Is there a lot of days that are uncomfortable? Sure. Do sometimes you feel like you're not speaking the language? Yes, you do. But do you stay tenacious and get up every day and don't rest on your past you know, achievements and just continue to raise the bar and deliver results as you go forward. Absolutely. And that's where the goodness happens. That's where the wonderful stuff happens as you move forward. Out of your comfort zone, right? Mm, such a powerful share. And I love it because when we can show what we're capable of, demonstrate versus tell, or, or, or as you said, a run based on past, past allocates or, or awards or whatnot, or recognitions, uh, we really then, we're not making the mark. We're not really making the impact. And that's why I always keep telling impact over influence. You, when you impactful, then you're influential. But a lot of people see that influence and want to be influential, but they don't realize like you can't do that without being impactful. It just doesn't work that way. And not because of just the noise and hopeful around you, but it's more about, again, of substance, right? The quality, the, the quality that drives everything. Um, 
So you mentioned something that really intrigued me and I wanted to ask this earlier. So it's a perfect timing now to ask you, obviously you served outside of the United States in so many different environments. And what were some environments for people to really understand how much also it's putting yourself in vulnerable places and different parts of the world and and, in very dangerous zones and and also being involved with very important initiatives as a result that we see uh, powerful change and positive change um, from from those efforts 10, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, it's a a long discussion, right? I'll try to condense it. You go to a lot of, uh, you know, faraway places, right? And a 30-year career as a naval aviator, right? So... Uh, we call them deployments, right? Um, and it's time spent on ship. Uh, in early years, in the '80s, it was it was marked by you know six month periods of time where you would fly on the ship and you would go somewhere and then you would come home. And and in the really the last half of my career, sometimes those trips were seven, eight, nine months, ten months long. Um, you know, a nuclear powered aircraft carrier can stay out just for, you know, what, what would you would seem indefinite, right? And you just live your life on and off the ship and you go to where your presence is needed. But I did get an opportunity to participate in lots of um, flying and opportunities uh, early on in my career in and around the Mediterranean, right? Uh, was part of Bosnia. Uh, you know, when that was, uh, that was a deal and flying in and around the Adriatic and up in that country uh, and um, some very exciting times for periods of time, you know, as we work in and out of that, uh, what we call AOR, area responsibility. Uh, and, and as you might imagine, we did a lot of flying and uh, a number of deployments um, uh, in, the, in the Gulf right, and uh, in and around uh, Iraq and in support of operations uh, there, all the way back to the very first day that Iraq rolled into Kuwait. I can remember being in port on the aircraft carrier Eisenhower in Italy, and that day that uh, Iraq rolled into Kuwait, we're all recalled back to the ship, and the ship just made best speed out and I woke up the next morning and we're at the at the uh, uh, mouth of the Suez Canal and you know we're like okay what is going on and we zip through there and we start flying from the Red Sea side along the Kuwaiti Saudi border uh, and then that's where the buildup started right from Desert Shield into Desert Storm and bringing forces in and doing a lot of that so you know, uh, it was absolutely exciting time. And, uh, you know, that was the first of many to follow deployments back into the uh, into the Iraqi uh, AOR, which uh, then spawned over into Afghanistan in the latter part of my career as well. And those missions, uh, you know, flying in and out of the country, up along the Pakistani and Iranian border, in and out more times than I can care to remember, long, long flights. The F-14 was was long retired at that point, and I was making those flights in uh, in the F-18F, uh, the Super Hornet, uh, with some neat capabilities and systems on board. So, uh, you know, it was just a wonderful, wonderful experience, right? And uh, all the years uh, to be a part of, of all of those operations at different places. So, you know, kind of just a quick summary of it, but I don't know if you have any other specific questions, but uh, you go to a lot of places, 
And, and at the same time, too, it's a lot of time away, right? I mean, uh, you know, I have a standing kind of joke that I will throw around, but sadly, it's not far from the truth. I've been married, you know, for 30 years and together for about nine. And people look at me really funny and, you know, they go, how is that possible? Well, if you're in the Navy, you're on the ship, a lot of that, and you spend years of your life in training and gone, right? And that's just the commitment that you make, so... Mm. What a powerful story and what actually great opportunity for me personally to actually thank you not only in general sense for all the service and work that you've been doing, but specifically in Mediterranean because I am came to United States as a refugee from Bosnia, who also survived torture, genocide and war trauma. And I just want to say this means on so many levels and deeper level appreciation because I remember uh, when everything started unfolding from Slovenia to Croatia and also then in Bosnia, how long it took everything to actually be resolved and um, how long was a journey when you were so young and trying to figure it out and seeing so conflicting news and propaganda and media way before social media, way before right. World Wide Web, that was such an insanely a huge volume of representation or misrepresentation at that time. So just having opportunity to say, Thank you for, for, for your service and, and, and for impact you created because I remember when we start finally getting, in our mind, finally getting some right attention and right actions by partners and supporters, um, how much this changed, not only what was going on in Sarajevo, the longest siege city in the world during the war, uh, of any war actually, um, and then also everything else related to that. So thank you. Yes, you're quite welcome. It was an adventure and I was happy to be uh, in place to be a part of it. So it was a great adventure. So now you are part of another major adventure. So you have you after you were dabbling in the, you know, Fortune 10 top company or Fortune 1 right now, I believe yeah. uh, you were you were really recognizing another need uh, and just speaks to who you are and your heart. And, and obviously commitment because you recognize what it means, as you said, being married for 30 years, but being together for nine and how much sacrifice was there. And then recognizing how fellow uh, military um, veterans that transition from to civilian world, right, are struggling. What, what do you mind sharing? What need did you recognize and what you felt like you have the right tools and mindset and skill set to make it happen and transition fully into that by sure. becoming, uh, not only Blue Water Advisors, but creating something magical for others to tap into? No, I'd love to. And, and, and I love sharing the story. Um, so back in 2014, 2015 timeframe, right, which is where I started my own personal transition. And, and at Blue Water, you'll hear me, you know, I don't, I don't like to say transition. Uh, I don't want to turn into anything different, right? We say career progression. I want to take where I'm at, preserve all the goodness and want to progress to something better. And I find in the space words mean things, right? And, uh, and this absolutely does. And so, but I started my career progression about that time frame and and of all places, right, I eventually, as I mentioned, landed at Amazon. And I wasn't at Amazon for about, you know, six months. And as I looked back at, and I call it the ocean of goodwill. For the listeners out there, 
I'll throw out a number. It's not an exact number, but there's there's no kidding, no less than, and you know this, Isabel, there's about 40,000 organizations across the United States that espouse to be the answer to helping veterans and making this, this uh, change in their life. And uh, I partook of of much of that, of many of the DOD sponsored programs, DOJ sponsored programs, veteran sponsored programs. There's just a number of them out there. And I took full advantage of all those. And I'll be honest with you, I was I was appreciative. I said, thank you. And But here's the important thing for members that are in this phase in their life. You don't have a yardstick. You don't, you don't have a measure of what is good and what is not. Mm. And I, I had been at Amazon for about six months. And then I found myself looking back and reflecting on these programs that we're supposed to, and, and for our listeners, I'm doing air quotes right now, but you know, that were supposed to be in place to help me. Yeah. And as I look back on a lot of these organizations and the contributions, I'm, I'm careful not to thrust my opinions on anybody else, but my, my observation at that time Many of those contributions were stale. They were flat. They were outdated. And many of them were just quite frankly, I'll, I'll say it, I know it's a strong word, but it was wrong. It was just not, you know, so coming from a world where, where I rely on intelligence before I go into an area, yes. the intelligence that I received was flawed. And we have a saying in the business, right? In my previous business, the only thing that's worse than having no intelligence about an AOR is having bad intelligence. Yes. Because that forces you to get there to realize something is not right. Then you have to let go of this mindset and build it all again in rapid fashion often. And it's just not a joy. And so I, I look at my career progression at that time. I had been receipt of some, you know, some, some misinformation, some bad information. So I did what any of your listeners would have done or the members that go through our program. We go, I'm going to fix this. And so I said, yep, I'm going to fix it. So I took weekends and I took evenings for months and I developed a very weighted pass down, right? And I was going to give this back to a number of these programs and say, stop teaching this. This is what you need to be saying. This is how you teach it. This is the why. This is the how. Here's all these areas that I had experienced. And I quickly, you know, if there's any military listening, you're, they're probably laughing already. I quickly realized the only thing more challenging to change the vector of a government-sponsored program when you're wearing a uniform is try doing it as a retiree. There is no feedback loop. Nobody wants your input. Nobody wants this, this, you know, secret sauce that you're trying to push back into the system. It just, there was just nobody there, Isabel. And it just became a, a past and opening opportunity. So, but what does not stop is every week, every week over week over week, people reach out to you. Hey, Mike, what about this? Hey, Mike, do you know anybody at this company? Hey, Mike, uh, how did you do that? Hey, Mike, how did you prepare for this? How did you do Hey, would you mind taking a look at this resume? Hey, would you, would you mind introducing me to somebody? I mean, it just never stops. And I'm talking never stops for years. That just happens. People seek you out for this insight. And when I finally left corporate America and came back to the East Coast and stepped into some contracting and some consulting work, 
it, again, it just wouldn't stop. It just didn't stop. And so I had a couple of partners. We all sat down and we were discussing this and we said, what, what is the, you know, there's, this is a leading indicator. What is missing? And, and we really spent a couple of days thinking about this and, and it just kind of hit us that, that there is no source available for these senior leaders to tap into that is current, relevant, and most importantly, credible, meaning have mm -hmm. been there, done that. Yeah. The ocean of goodwill, Isabella, is filled full of people that are ready to share with you what you need to do in prep for your career progression. Mm. But they themselves have never been there, done it. And they're certainly not current, relevant, and, and as we're saying right now, credible. Not all, but many of them just don't have the credibility. And so we said, let's develop our curriculum. Let's step out. Let's put something together. And let's see if we can bring this credibility and this currency and relevancy and partner with the right people who have been successful in uniform, but who have also been successful in various different industries, whether that's defense industry, government contracting, corporate America, it doesn't matter. If you've been there, done that, you're tall enough to ride the ride, you're bringing your expertise and credibility, that gives you a platform to talk on and from. And that's what's important to, to our members. And so we just didn't ask we we started our business we incorporated we put together our llc we put together a curriculum and we just did it word of mouth and we just started and people started paying attention and they started reaching out to us and for the listeners i don't like the conversation i had with you isabella i don't want to give anybody the impression that you know this is tens of thousands of individuals we are still growing and scaling our business uh, you know, but we do small groups, you know, we're talking 10 or 15 people that we might mentor and, and counsel and get on the right trajectory with the right message, with the right information on to their next success in life. And we'll do that, that number a month, but an amazing thing in law of numbers, one or two or three months, that's not so impressive. Four months, that's still not very impressive numbers. Getting close to two years, if you look at the pedigree of individuals we put through our program, when I'm saying, hey, I've had 200 people through, and half of those individuals are in various different industries, and that is now part of the Blue Water Network that, Isabella, if you come to me and you say, I want to go to Amazon, I want to go to Google or Meta, or I want to go to Lockheed Martin or Northrop Grumman, or I want to go to some other industry or company. It's a good chance we have members that have been through and our members get excited because when they come and they're a part of this, Isabella, they're not just a part of this to find success. They're a part of this in making us more current, relevant and credible because they become the resource mm -hmm. that we now tap into for future members to tap into and it continues to build upon itself as we go forward. So we're really excited about that. And I think our members get excited about that as well too, that they now have a platform that institutionalizes this type of um, career progression knowledge, right? That can be preserved 
uh, and updated and made current, right? Each and every time an individual finds their next success. And I could just talk about this all day long. It just makes all the sense to me in the world. And I just get really excited about it, right? Because we're just bringing so much goodness to, uh, to our members, so. That is so powerful. And I love how you really recognize where is the need and when pattern starts happening and then how can you uh, figure it out solution. And I just love, first of all, for everybody, we'll have a shared website so you can everybody check Blue Water Advisors and see what's all about. But I love your mission uh, to, to provide an enduring partnership resulting in your success. I think that is so beautiful. But as you mentioned, also results in success of others and paying forward and supporting one another and then lifting up everybody during the time when they feel the most vulnerable and more and more out of the sorts because that is not typical their environment or it's not uh, skills that maybe either had developed yet or they're just trying to figure it out because yeah. it's a very different when you've been on the ship for, for yeah. so many years and it's like, what's going on in America right now? Let's figure it out. Right, right. And, you know, and, and again, that is another driver for these individuals that that give in 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 just their, their lives, 20, 25, 30 years in service. One of the benefits that we have is we understand what that feels like. I've lived it myself. I know it can be stress-filled. There can be a lot of anxiety there. And I know why, because you're trying to learn a new language and, and, and you're trying to understand, uh, you know, wh why, you know, how does this company expect me to deliver results? And, and, and what does it mean? You know, uh, I, I understand I managed the budget, but profit and loss is completely different in, in a corporate environment than what it was in a military environment. And I just need to understand this. And, and we help this, these individuals, uh, as you said, through an enduring relationship. This isn't just a one touch and you're done. I look them all in the eye and go, welcome to the family. You're here. This is, this is forever as far as I'm concerned. And, and we track you and we stay in touch. And if you've got issues, it's more that I, I don't hope that they reach out to us. We expect it. We expect it. You got a question, Mike, how do I negotiate this offer? Mike, this is what this company is saying to me, or, hey, I had this type of interview or this type of screening. How would I answer this question? What do you think? I, I don't understand why that's important to them. It doesn't seem important to me, but I could definitely tell it was important to them. I just need to understand why. And, and we have those conversations, right? And as our network continues to grow and broaden, we've got very current, relevant, and credible individuals in those various industries that who have been through Blue Water Program in the past that we love bringing them into the conversation as well, too. It doesn't get any more current or relevant than that uh, or credible, right? Uh, you're right there and you're bringing that insight. And you're providing, you know, not only past members a chance to, you know, uh, provide their insights to future members, but it, it just works. It just works as you move forward and grow and scale the company. So we may not be very, very large, comparatively speaking, but we love the fact that our foundation and our base, we say it's hard, meaning everybody that's a part of it loves it and they are a part of it and they understand the value that it's bringing in their life. And they want to be a part of changing that process, that legacy institutionalized process 
that has really failed so many people for such a long time. Yes. Well, guess what? We don't have to live with it. We don't have to live with it. We can change it and let's come together and let's build a better process. Mm -hmm. And here's the great thing. We can make it whatever we want. And Isabel, I would, I tell you, there have been people lining up, you know, there have been a, I don't want to give that impression. There have been a lot of individuals telling me, Mike, you can't do this. Mike, you have to, you know, this is a business. Mike, you, you, you know, you can't do that. You how are you going to generate revenue? How are you going to do these kind of things? And there's one lesson that I took away from my old employer at Amazon, and it was called customer obsessed. That company is customer obsessed. And, and if there's one thing that I would adopt going forward, we are customer obsessed. My customer is the member who walks through and asks for help. If I obsess with my customer and I deliver results to my customer and, and whatever it is, my allegiance is to the member that walks through. then if I continue to do that, I am of the firm belief that everything else will take care of itself. And it will. And, you know, if you just continue to change people's lives and show them success, show them success, show them success, that everything else will take care of itself. You will get recognized. You will be looked at differently. You, you will be looked at as, wow, you are building a great base. You are delivering results. And, and every day, I promise you, on my drive into work, I just think, who can I help today? What impact can I drive today? And, and you just do it every single day. And it's not very exciting two, three months at a time, but two years, three years, four years, you now have quite a reach. You now have a hard base and you're making impacts and you're changing people's lives for the good, right? That is such a beautiful share. Again, I can feel it comes from passion, from heart by doing right things. And I'm, I'm glad you're also sp speaking about that just because of quantity, a plethora of offerings and services, uh, and, and it's a quite bit transactional or it's uh, re replying old models and not putting people at forefront, people then really quickly can recognize and know the difference. Um, how can we excel? Only way we're going to excel by creating phenomenal projects and programs or services for others so they can excel, but demonstrating that. And you obviously demonstrate some super uber trail. Not only do you hear today with awesome legacy leader show, but also to really show what living and leading with legacy look like because you've been doing that consistently through all of your career. And that is very rare. Very few people accomplish that because everybody's so obsessed and thinking, what do I leave? What is gonna be left behind? I'm like, no, 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 no. Before you even get there, let, what are you doing on daily basis? And you're perfect example of that, which really brings another big question for you, Mike. You are living and leading your legacy in such an amazing way and obviously shows and um, quality over quantity, but guess what? Words of mouth, people will be flocking to you. So everybody that know the veterans that are struggling, having a hard time finding right resources or avenues or partnerships, guys, you have to check Blue Water Advisors. But most than anything, who would you like your legacy to be? What would you like to be remembered by? That's, I mean, you that's, already have that's, that. a, that's such an easy question for me. That, that is, it really is, it's, it's hard for some people, but, you know, I, I want my legacy, I would sum it up like this. 
you wear the uniform for 30 years and and if if you leave and i don't know if you saw a posting that i posted out there by simon Sinek, and uh he was talking about uh a former defense secretary at a speaking engagement while he was still in the position and he, people brought him coffee and did all these wonderful things and he flew business class and somebody picked him up from the airport and did all these things and simon's point is at the end of the story it's like those accolades aren't for you, the individual, they were for the position that you held. And often, you know, and I knew very early on that the wonderful support that I received, you know, working with my teams and people and everything, you know, where, where everybody is incredibly supportive, that's for the position. That's not, that's not for me. And, and I just am so grateful that if I come across somebody and they're willing to take five minutes and have a cup of coffee and just talk, right? It's about relationships at the end of the day, Isabella. Relationships, that is the true power in life. Doing good for people, driving impact, being remembered for not making some dollar figure or, or, or something, but it's changing people's lives for the good, whether or not, you know, you're in a company and you're mentoring them or you're just mentoring them one-on-one -on -one, or you're helping individuals find the next success in life. Right. And, and at the end of the day, I, I always just hope and pray for that. I'll always have somebody to drink coffee with. Somebody will be willing to take the time to sit down because you invested in them. And it's those relationships, right? That's where, that's where power is at, right? And that's what I want to be remembered for, right? Blue Water, I would love that this program would, you know, even outlive me, right? That somebody would have be passionate about it, you know, that would help me continue to grow and scale this, and it would continue to grow and scale and drive impact, you know, in leaders' lives out there that need it, right? I mean, that is a great vision, and, and I would love to be remembered for something like that. That's, that's great. That is fantastic. And I love, again, what you stand for. And not only the credibility, integrity, and consistency showing up as best version of yourself, but also how, how you show up, obviously, as a leader. And um, when nobody's watching, and when everybody's watching, and that is the beauty that we need a more great exemplary leadership. And guys, again, please check uh, Mike's profile but also his website, but where's the best way for everybody that wants to connect with you? Yeah, I love LinkedIn as a platform to kind of connect with people, right? And so you'll have my personal profile on there, right, Mike Wallace, but then you'll also have Blue Water Advisors, uh, our business profile there. But you can also go to our website and it's uh, uh, bluewater-advisors.com. And at the far right side, you can, you'll see the contact us tab. And we love to hear from people. Sometimes people just wanna sign up and just receive our quarterly newsletters and the information that we're posting and putting out. Uh, sometimes they just would like schedule of future events and you can get all of that by reaching out to us. We're happy to provide that uh, to you as you desire. That's brilliant. And in closing, Mike, what would you just say for everybody watching and listening and trying to replicate in any shape or form, like a fraction of what you accomplished so far in your life? What would you say for them that are feeling a little bit down the hill or helpless or not as fully on, 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 on point with where they're at? 
we had a, a saying in, in the military and uh, leadership would also often espouse that they want people, I want you to lead from the front. And, and for a long time, I often wondered what that meant. In other words, lead from the front, lead from the front. Well, does that mean I stand in front of my team and we go this direction? I guess, you know, maybe, maybe it's part of that. But leading from the front means, Isabella, that you are placing yourself in a location and in a position, both mentally and physically, where you are uncomfortable. You are out of your comfort zone. For many people, leading from the front might be, I don't like public speaking. I don't like it. Well, then I'm going to encourage you to go do it and do it again and do it again and do it again until you feel comfortable. Yeah. Now, the moment that you feel comfortable with that, you're not leading from the front anymore. You are, you are leading from a, a place of a comfort zone. Find the next thing that makes you feel uncomfortable, that takes you out of your comfort zone. That's where you need to be. And then you will be leading from the front. And for all of your listeners, I promise you find that space and you do it and then you do it again and you do it again and you do it again until you feel comfortable, then you will have grown. You will have grown to that next phase in, in your life of leadership. But then you have to get busy and find what is my next uncomfortable zone because that's how you know you're leading from the front. And I'll be honest with everybody, starting Blue Water, this was a very daunting, and you know you're, you're on social media, uh, Isabella, it, it is a little bit daunting to put your thoughts out on social media because so many people are judging, right? But you just do it. And I just took my own advice and I go, I'm not comfortable with this, but I'm going to do it. And I just <laughs> keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it until you find that comfort zone. And then you look for the next thing. So for everybody out there, lead from the front. That would be my pitch. Lead from the front. Find your uncomfortable zone conquer it, do it, and then, and then grow, and then take a day and enjoy it. Thank you for listening to Legacy Leader Show. If you enjoyed the content and had a positive experience, then please leave us a positive rating. In addition, leave us positive review whenever you are listening on whatever platform there might be. Make sure your friends and family also know about the benefit and value that we provide and what we have to offer. Cheers.